0: In 2006, what seems like a century ago, I wrote a book, 101 Ways to Help Birds, in which I looked at a whole panoply of issues hurting birds and the kinds of individual actions we each should be taking to help. I covered a lot of ground, starting with how production of the food we eat, including coffee, beef, and sugar, affects birds for all kinds of reasons. I wrote about cat predation, window collisions, lawn and garden pesticides, conserving energy and water, the importance of native plants, our driving habits in terms of both collisions with birds and conserving energy, the dangers of mono. Filament line and lead shot and bullets, how to ensure that our bird feeders are healthy and safe for birds, and much more. I encourage readers to support agencies and nonprofits that help birds and to take a more active role in political issues that directly affect the natural world. Some of the issues I covered affect many more birds than others, and some affect the air, water, and soil that we all depend on more than others. But I wrote the book in part to make us all more mindful about how every element of our daily lives has a direct impact on the birds we love as well as the environment. I unrealistically expected that the book would do well. I'd spent two and a half years thoroughly researching avian conservation and touching on important issues many people were not yet connecting to birds, such as beef production, the decline of so many insects, and how critical native plants are. And I talked to a lot of authorities to get a realistic assessment of each issue. As it turned out, some of those very authorities disliked the book because they thought by covering so many of the issues affecting birds, I was giving short shrift to the one or two that they were focused on and believed were most important. Several were disturbed by my covering one issue in particular, window collisions. In 2006, not one of the major bird conservation organizations considered window collisions a serious issue, though Dr. Daniel Klemm of Muhlenberg College had been publishing studies about it since his 1979 Ph.D. dissertation. The Wilson Bulletin and Journal of Field Ornithology had both published his scientific work, but reviewers for the American Ornithologist Union's journal, the AUK, rejected every one of his papers out of hand because they, some of the top ornithologists on the continent, didn't think window strikes constituted a legitimate conservation issue. They wanted research to focus on habitat loss at nesting, wintering, and stopover areas rather than what they considered a minor localized issue that didn't affect many species. In 1990, Clem published two papers in the Journal of Field Ornithology, Bird Injuries, Cause of Death, and Recuperation from Collisions with Windows, and Collisions Between Birds and Windows, Mortality and Prevention, in which he calculated that between 100 million and 1 billion birds are killed in window collisions every year in the United States alone. Again, his work was ignored by most conservation biologists. If they acknowledged Clem's work at all, Scientists at major conservation nonprofits and universities said his numbers were off by orders of magnitude. Clem had been approaching manufacturers to try to find a window glass that birds could see as an obstruction to avoid, but it was slow going. If the major ornithological institutions were all denying that a problem even existed, how could glass manufacturers benefit from solving it? Clem did work with a manufacturer to develop fritted window glass, that's glass with the inner surface of the outer pane etched in a pattern to make the window at least a bit more visible to birds, which was used in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium and some other buildings. But a prominent Minnesota ornithologist named Robert Zink claimed that it was not at all important for the Minnesota Vikings Stadium. I first met Daniel Clem in 2004 at the grand opening of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Imogene Powers Johnson Center for Birds and Biodiversity. We were both dismayed at the bird-killing windows in the building. In the visitor center, the gigantic window overlooking the bird-feeding garden had already killed so many birds that bird netting had been placed on it. I started working at the lab in 2008 and discovered that the smaller windows in the offices and meeting rooms were just as bad, only more out of sight of visitors. I was utterly dismayed whenever I'd be in a meeting and heard that horrible thump. Ironically, those bird-killing windows were also problems for people inside the building, making the rooms too hot and bright on sunny days unless the shades were drawn, so we often couldn't see the bird who hit. The scientists continued minimizing the issue, saying that windows do kill individual birds, but those deaths weren't significant at the population level, and what we needed to work on was habitat. But something was finally about to change, which I'll tell you about next time. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.